This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is I am Matt Straup. It is Friday, February 5th. Today, we're going to be talking about some fantasy trends, as we like to do on the Friday show. We're also going to talk about a couple of piping hot Toronto Raptors, some other players who might be playing over their head, and we're going to hit some fantasy basketball specialists, some players who really excel in one category. Are they worth rostering? All that is coming up in just a moment. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also, 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right now, we welcome in Ryan Knaus. Ryan, how are you? I'm well. Have you sorted out whether whether you are Friday and it is Matt Straup? I, we, we, we've landed on a final uh, answer. I'm doing five podcasts a week right now. I do not know what day it is, what sport. I actually have been writing down what sport I'm doing like at the top <laughs> because I'll start to say, welcome to the Road to World football podcast when I'm doing basketball and vice versa and the brain is uh it's the Bo, Bo Jackson of podcasts over here. <laughs> Bo Jackson's brain has to work better than mine does. I can only imagine. <laughs> All right. So, Ryan, we're going to talk about some fantasy specialists here coming up in a minute. But we're going to start off with some recent trends that have caught our attention. The first one I want to bring to you is a guy I like to call Al Horford. Mm. Now, the last two weeks, he has been the number 11 player in nine category leagues. A little deceptive because there's only four game sample in there. But his numbers, his last four games since returning from an absence due to the birth of a child, 16 and a half points, seven and a half rebounds, three assists, two steals, one block, 
3.33s. I had sworn off Al Horford in fantasy leagues after last year because I drafted him a couple places. And he was just, he had his moments, but it was just a frustrating experience. But then he got dropped several weeks ago in one of my shallower leagues. I picked him up. And man, he has been absolutely fantastic recently. What? Tell me, you were telling me offline a little bit of your personal Al Horford experience. <laughs> why don't you, why don't you bring it to us? Yes. Well, in a recent video, I'd say two two weeks ago, I, I discussed Al Horford and essentially for reasons you said last year, he was on the decline. This is his age 34 season. Now, yes, a large part of it was ill fitting next to Embiid last season. But I just figured, you know, a 34 year old player on the decline who's never really been great in points leagues anyway, pretty much a, you know, a roto specialist nine cat type player uh, at his best. And he's on a rebuilding OKC team. I just thought, you know, his rest of season outlook gets dimmer and dimmer as we go. And I, I stated that he will probably end up on your waiver wire and that, if, you know, his name carries value. Feel free to offer trades, but don't like be super attached to him. Uh, and then, of course, he comes out and makes me look foolish by just going on this absolute tear albeit in four games so i'm gonna take the l on that one that was uh maybe i overstated the case against mr al horford who i've appreciated as a top 50 guy for many many years i do think it's slightly deceptive i can get into why but are, are you are you buying into this recent surge do you think it's sustainable or what no not like nothing like 16 and a half points or three threes i look at the rebounds seven and a half rebounds three assists i can believe that and I can believe close to one block per game. Two steals, no. 3.33s, no. 16.5 points, no. But, you know, I, th- I think he's shown that he can be like a 12.7 board, three assist guy with some blocks and threes. And that is someone who probably should be rostered in basically every eight and nine category league at this point. Yeah. And one thing working in his favor, I I kind of thought that OKC would just let their rookie Pokusevsky play through his incredible struggles early this season. But instead, they've sent him to the G League bubble, which makes sense for his development, frankly. But that also and they even said that they considered sending Isaiah Roby. So essentially, they have no depth behind Al Horford. So he kind of needs to play minutes unless they can manage to trade his contract, which seems unlikely. Uh, But to your point, his usage is 24%, which would be the second highest rate in his entire career. So I think although he can, you know, score 13 points a game, it's not going to be up at 16. Uh, He's also averaging, as you said, two steals per game. He's never averaged more than 1.1 in a season in the NBA. So there's a couple fluky things there, but altogether, if you ignored my advice a couple weeks ago, you're better off than you would have been. All right. Next up. On the list here is Fred Van Vliet. I don't exactly know why I didn't lead with this one, but as you may have heard, Ryan, he scored 54 points on Monday. The last two weeks, he is number two on Basketball Monsters 9 category leaderboard. For the season, Van Vliet averaging 20.4 points, 4.3 rebounds, 6.2 dimes, 1.8 steals, 0.7 blocks, 3.43s. He's number 14 overall for the season, Ryan. So basically pushing for close to first round value right now. Now, obviously, we're not going to see many nights like that magical 54-point evening where he had three steals, three blocks. I think, was it 11 threes? A lot of things happened. But this is a guy who I was very high on coming into the season as like a top 25 type of player. What do you think of this whole new reality of Fred Van Vliet climbing into the top 15? It's fascinating. His ADP in Yahoo was in the 40s. So clearly most managers didn't expect him to be this good. 
uh, I put myself in that group. I, I thought 40 was a safe safe place to take him, but uh, he's gotten a boost. Obviously, Pascal Siakam off to a very slow kind of injury-plagued start. He said recently that his body's feeling good, so I expect his usage to kind of tick up a little bit. Uh, OG Ananobi out with the calf injury helps a bit, but OG is not a high-usage offensive guy, so it's not like he's going to cut into Van Vliet, whose role this season, they said, go out and be a 20-point scorer. Like, we need you to go out there with that aggressive mentality, and that's who he is. So he's he's embracing that, as we saw the other night. The the key, though, and what I think is might actually be sustainable is that over this recent hot stretch, past seven games, he's averaging 2.7 steals, which is just crazy. I mean, that's anchoring his value by far that's that's his best category and he's even adding some blocks i'm sure if you had basketball reference you could you could search some fun stats about guys who stand six feet tall uh blocking three shots in a game and averaging a block per game over the past two weeks so the defensive stats are are critical and i think if he can keep his steals at north of two per game then a top 20 finishes within reach which is really kind of amazing for uh, a player who a couple years ago just kind of you know came out of nowhere you mentioned his ADP. This was a guy that I was getting in the majority of my leagues very happily. You know, I think around 30 or so is where I would, I would take him. I would take him a little early, earlier than the ADP. And then in our Roto World Staff League, Jared Johnson took him. And I am still pretty heated about it. I have I have not gotten over it. I, uh, I'm i mad. I'm still <laughs> mad. So I'm, I'm putting Jared on notice. I thought, Did I you think snipe, that was... him, snipe him back by taking Capella or anything? I don't remember. That team is actually probably my most underachieving squad. Um, but anyways, yeah, Van Vliet. I don't. Oh, I know where I was, what I was about to say to close the book on Van Vliet. The steals were a little uh, disappointing early in the season. That was kind of the one part of his stat line that really wasn't there. Uh, his first 12 games, it was averaging 1.1 steals. Since that point, we are seeing him at 2.7. I think you referenced the 2.7 number. He was a 1.9 steals per game guy last year. He's up to 1.8 for the season. So we're finally seeing that number catch up. And I I believe all of this. I, I don't look at anything in his stat line. Maybe the blocks, if you want to be skeptical about anything, it would be that. But otherwise, I, I buy all of it. I mean, he's doing this while shooting just 42% from the field. So it's not like he's been unsustainably hot or something. So I, I buy all of it. I buy the top 20, as you said. And durable. So, yep, and just enjoy it. Now I think we're gonna we're gonna get into one that I have major questions about. Harrison Barnes, the last two weeks is nineteenth overall in nine category leagues. That covers six games, and the numbers look like this: twenty one point two points, six rebounds, four point seven dimes, two point eight threes. Now he's not gonna get defensive stats, so we don't even have to talk about those. But even for the season, he's at fifty one overall, seventeen points around six boards, three point six assists, which is a career high, and really the number that maybe stands out to me as what is altering his fantasy value. Do you have any thoughts on the Barnes assist phenomenon? I don't entirely know how to account for it. Uh it's not as though he's super high usage or the offense runs through him on every possession. So I guess, and I don't say this very often, but credit to Coach Luke Walton and the Kings staff there for for putting Harry B in positions where he can thrive. Uh, because, you know, you come into the season, and I think even now, even with him doing this, there's so much ingrained skepticism about Harrison Barnes being more mm-hmm. than just a hollow points and threes guy, right? Like the narrative is yeah. written in most people's minds. That's who Harrison Barnes is. Uh, he's been in the league too long to suddenly develop into a five dimes per game kind of guy. 
And yet we're seeing it and we're seeing it across a substantial sample size. So I don't know because I'm having this cognitive dissonance of like, do I trust what I've seen for the past half decade or, right. or longer? Or do I buy into just the fact that, okay, a new role with some... Yeah, so I, I, I don't know. Do you have a strong feel on this? I'll say that I don't have Harrison Barnes anywhere. So I, I don't either. I don't either. I remember when he was sitting out there in one of my leagues and got picked up. And I was like, okay, good luck with that. I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> have fun. That's not going to lie. Because, you know, he kind of like, I feel like he started pretty strong last year and then kind of fizzled a bit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, the assists are still flowing, though. I mean, look at his last six games, seven, four, five, two, four, six. So it's not like... I mean, he did have a couple eight assist games early in the season, but it's not like he had a couple of outlier games early on that's boosting it. He's at 4.1 assists over his last 10 games. So he's definitely at peak performance. Put it that way. I mean, he's he's literally averaging career highs in rebounds, assists, field goal percentage and free throw percentage. And he's pretty darn close in every other category. So there's no real I mean, he's at his ceiling and I didn't even know it went this high. Yeah. And I mean, this is probably another case where are you going to get anything incredible for Harrison Barnes in a trade offer? Probably not. But I mean, you could float him in some trade offers if, but no, it's probably not happening. Yeah. (laughs) You might as well just probably stick with him. So we're back to Toronto for a minute here, Ryan, to talk about Norm Powell. He missed a couple games recently, but in his last five active games, he has scored at least 20 points in all five. And over that stretch, we're looking at 23.2 points, 3.6 rebounds, 3.2 dimes, 1.8 steals, 3.23s. I mean, we've seen Norm get hot before. What do you make of this latest run? Well, the, the splits between him coming off the bench and starting are remarkable. I won't go through all the numbers, but suffice to say he plays one third more minutes when starting, but his stats are literally doubled like across the board <laughs> uh, and, and much better shooting as well. So I guess the question is, is it un- incumbent on the Raptors and coach Nick Nurse to start him because he's so much more effective there? Or is it or is the burden on Powell to come off the bench with a different mentality and just accept, OK, I'm going to come in as a six man and play with the same mindset I have as a starter. So I don't know what's going on there with him psychologically in that with that difference. It begs the question of if he does come off the bench and continues to struggle, then what? Because the Raptors, who who would they start him ahead of? unless they go very small somehow and, and bench Baines. And so it's just a tough spot. Powell last season, I kind of believe that he'll end up being that guy. Solid mid, mid-round, mid 16 points per game, you know, good efficiency, not going to blow you away with, with the other counting stats. I think that's who he is. So I think there's a middle ground between what he's been doing as a starter, which is like truly elite even for fantasy, and what he's been doing off the bench, which had him on the waiver wire early this season. Yeah, but I think now he's a guy, we have the reminder that even if he does have that cold stretch, I think if you picked him up, you need to try to stay disciplined and just hang on to him because there there's going to be, likely going to be others. You know, he, he may be a guy whose value has peaks and valleys throughout the season, but the good stretches like we're seeing right now are well worth it. I think we're going to talk about another guy with a similar, similar peak and valley uh, outlook coming up. Are you talking about Michael Porter Jr.? Indeed. Are you talking about? Okay. Well, let's do that right now. He was, of course, playing at a first-round clip uh, in a very small sample size before his long COVID-related absence. 
Um, in six games since coming back, he's been good, but not the same uh, numbers-wise. 14.7 points, 6.3 boards, 1.3 steals, 0.5 blocks, 2.73s, all of that in just 24 minutes. Now, you can't be mad about those numbers per se, but your expectations, I think, had been raised so much by what you saw at the start of the season that maybe you are a little disappointed. What do you... How do you add all this up, Ryan? Do you see Porter as a guy to go out and try to acquire in trades right now? 100% trade target. Yep. We we try to identify those moments where fantasy managers might, you know, be nervous enough that they'll hold hold him a little bit looser. And that I think that's what's happening. And you should go get him. Because he missed three weeks due to COVID-related reasons. Yes, he's been a little bit up and down since his return. But he had a game with 30 points, a game with 17 points and four steals, another 14 and 11 double-double since he came back. Uh, he's also a combined 16 of 28 from deep, which is 57%. Uh, one of his low-minute games, I believe he played 19 minutes, was due to rampant foul trouble. I think part of what's going on with his role and his not starting is the Nuggets trying to manage Will Barton's ego to some extent. Uh, he said <laughs> repeatedly that he views himself as a starter. I, I don't know how far that narrative goes. But uh, yes, this is a guy with elite early round value or upside, at least, that we've already seen this season. So go get him. Yeah, two rough games in a row of sub 20 minutes. It does feel like an optimal moment. Now we're taping this before the Nuggets play on Thursday night. So hopefully your window is... Window is still a jar. Can a window be a jar? Can only a door oh, yeah. be a jar? Right, yeah, you can have if that. your window yeah. is still a jar. Uh, per 36 minutes this season for MPJ, 22.8 points, 8.9 boards, 1.6 steals, 1.2 blocks, 3.73 pointers. He's uh, he's he's a good fantasy player. <laughs> <laughs> There's that um, hot take. <laughs> Robert. Covington has been a bad fantasy player most of the season, but scored a season high 19 points on Tuesday with six three pointers. The Blazers played again on Thursday. Do you see this, Ryan, as a sign of things to come potentially for Covington, or are you still concerned about the outlook? Do the same uh, issues still exist? It's tough because Covington has been a human pendulum for many years, just swinging one side to the other, good to bad for months at a time, as fantasy managers know too well. And you just hope that he gets hot at the right moment uh, when fantasy playoffs roll around. But I'm not fully buying this. I, I was pretty high on Covington coming into the season because he's not, you know he doesn't need much usage to rack up the nine-cat gold that we love, especially the defensive stats and threes. But he's doing this without C.J. McCollum in the lineup. He's doing it without Nurk. He's doing it. I mean, Derek Jones Jr. has been out recently. There's just so many gaps in the Blazers lineup that if he didn't improve his stats, it would be an absolute shock. So I'm worried that this is just a short-term mirage. And then he'll go back to the guy we saw early this season, which is kind of like glorified P.J. Tucker type numbers, which doesn't Ouch. do it for me. Was that a little too harsh? Maybe. I mean, that's... <laughs> That's pretty harsh, but his numbers are not good. He's only attempted, so he shot, did I say he made, he didn't make six threes. He made five threes. He made six field goals. He's only attempted double-digit shots four times in his first 18 games. So he's just not, I mean, when I'm watching the Blazers, I mean, we know Covington is mostly a guy who just bombs away from three, but I mean, that's really all it is. And if he's not shooting well, which he hasn't been, I mean, I don't know. I think I would still... He's a guy I would probably be trying to put into trade offers to acquire, I think. 
you know, I, I just think it's a guy who still has pretty decent ceiling. And now, granted, after that 19-point game, probably not the best time to do it. But if he, if you wake up to this podcast on Wednesday and he had another ugly game on Tuesday night, then maybe you're back in business. So let's, let's uh, I would rather have Robert Covington than Harrison Barnes. Oh, wow. Just moving forward. Yes, moving forward. I think I'd rather have Just Barnes. Just an upside play there. Yeah? Okay. I think I'd rather have Barnes. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't feel great about it. <laughs> I wouldn't feel great about it. But I also wouldn't feel great about having Covington on the roster. So Yeah. Covington's like a stash. Like, you can start You can start Harrison Barnes right now. That's true. Covington pr- probably shouldn't be in fantasy lineups. So, so I Barnes. guess with the asterisk that if your team is doing well and you can afford to take that sort of upside swing for the fences, then, then Rocco. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're talk, really talking about Harrison Barnes, I think Harrison Barnes would get you more than Robert Covington in a trade right now, just based on the numbers. I think Robert Covington frustration in a short period of time has has boiled to a very high temperature, I would say. So, That's my sense. That's my sense yeah. of the situation. So, I mean, pretty clear, and maybe not every manager has the sentiments we have, but it seems like a pretty clear trade high, trade low Barnes-Covington situation. Yeah. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because the charcoal mess. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. (laughs) No, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. The greatest show on grass continues as golf's biggest stars go head-to-head at the Waste Management Open. Coverage continues today on Golf Channel. And don't miss the premiere of NBC Sports Edge BetCast, a whole new way to watch golf. Get a better view with insights and analysis plus live odds powered by PointsBet. Get inside the action at PeacockTV.com slash golf. Are you that person who is up against the clock to get your waiver claims in? Or maybe you can't decide who to start as tip-off approaches. Save time and make the most informed decisions with our all-new NBA League Sync tool. League Sync pulls in all of your team and league info from Yahoo to show you the best available players on the wire, who to start, who to sit, much more. Let League Sync do the work. You take the glory. Get League Sync, our DFS tools, our draft and season tools as part of the Edge Plus Pro tier. Go to rotoworld.com slash edge for more and use promo code NBAPOD10 for $10 off any annual premium package. Okay, Ryan, I wanted to talk to you. I think this is a thread of a conversation that you and I had a couple weeks ago about fantasy specialists, guys who are pretty much one category players, are they worth rostering? What's our philosophy on this? I'll just throw the name out here so that we have an example. Nerlens Noel. For the season, 
doing almost nothing in points, 3.4 per game. Boards are like five per game, but 0.9 steals, 1.9 blocks. That's tied for eighth in the NBA in blocks. So in a very tough category, he is a very, very strong option. Where do you land on a guy like that? And and I guess I would frame this in terms of a, a league where you could stream him into your lineup anytime you choose to, anytime you need to get some extra blocks. Yeah, I, I'm all for that, honestly. And a guy like Robert Williams also comes to mind where you look at his box and you're like, where is the ceiling if the guy is playing 15 to 18 minutes per game as, as Noel and Williams both are. And yet, as you said, they're, they're not really going to hurt you anywhere because neither of them are getting to the free throw line where they would inevitably miss them, but they're giving you blocks in that hard to find category. And two blocks per game is the equivalent of like 30 point. Like it's like finding a 30 point scorer on the waiver wire and just plugging him in for that category. So I I think it's if you avoid those specialists and look at him and say, well, he's not doing anything else other than a handful of boards, strong field goal percentage and anchored in blocks, you're doing yourself a disservice because you I mean, those are three categories up for grabs. And especially if you're positing a situation where you can play the matchups like in and out daily lineups, choose which teams to target, then it's a no brainer. I mean, if you go to the Roto World uh, season tools, I do a matchups column every single week looking at each category and each team versus each position it gets as microscopic as you can get so you can see which team gives up the most blocks to centers and then boom if you're playing let's say it's the wizards and the celtics are playing the wizards you plug williams into your lineup it's that easy so i think it's a nuanced it takes a little more effort for sure to play specialists and play them effectively uh, but i think it's it's a critical fantasy strategy yeah you mentioned Robert Williams. I mean, you look at his stat line, and, and if you look at his game log, you're going to see some disastrous games. I mean, you're going to see some games where you would never want him in your lineup. But if you just look at his stat line for the season, six points per game, six rebounds per game, 0.9 steals, 1.4 blocks. Basically, if this guy was averaging 12 points per game or even 10 per game, he'd probably be a must-roster player. I mean, we're so biased towards points, and I get why, because it's super annoying when a guy only gets you two points in any given game. But... A lot of my leagues are now daily head-to-head leagues. So I'm, I've just kind of come around to this idea that if blocks are up in the air that week, that, yeah, put Noel into your lineup. He might get you four of them. And then suddenly you that tilts it in your favor. Yeah. And it's, you know, we talk a lot about streaming and maybe there's a position where, you know, it doesn't make sense to hold a roster spot for Nerland's Noel, you know, long-term. But absolutely figuring out how to get these specialists and then, Another good thing is if you need to cut Robert Williams at some point, if you're, you know, oh, my IR is full and I just need games played or whatever the case may be, it's not going to hurt you deeply to cut Nerlens Noel or Robert Williams. You will find something on the waiver wire that is an acceptable replacement. So absolutely. I mean, I have Robert Williams in at least half of my leagues. You mentioned streaming. I think that you and I had talked about a term maybe it was last season we had talked about the notion of rivering is, oh, yeah. and that, is that's when you start streaming and then it turns into a longer relationship is that what happens yeah or a situation like uh what's a good current one maybe Nas Reed for the wolves so carl anthony yes. towns is out we know the moment someone is tested positive for covid we know they're out i think it's a minimum 10 days or two weeks they need to test positive Towns is going on three weeks almost, and we still don't know when he's back. So that kind of thing where you're not just streaming a guy every day, 
but you know that this river will eventually peter out and empty into the sea. Uh, we, we had a whole extended, potentially tortured metaphor. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's the idea, like a long, a medium term hold. Right. Okay, well, let's talk about a couple other specialists. Another one that has caught my eye is TJ McConnell. Uh, since mid-January, his numbers in 11 games include 5.2 points, so he's right in the happy zone there, uh, 3.4 rebounds, but 7.6 assists and 1.9 steals in 25 minutes per game. Now, he doesn't hit threes, so that's annoying, and again, no points. But if this stat line that I just mentioned, 7.6 assists, 1.9 steals, 3.4 rebounds, if that was accompanied by... 10 points a game. I mean, this would be another guy who's not available in any leagues. And he's he's out there. I think he was 25% rostered in Yahoo last I checked. Yeah. And without Karis Levert, they need a ball handler and playmaker. And he's been brilliant. I mean, he's coming off a 12 assist game, which was a season high. But he's had at least six assists in, I think, 10 straight at this point. That's huge because, and steals. He's had at least... One, I mean, multiple steals. He was on a tear in January with multiple steals in eight or nine consecutive games. And these are two things that are not easy to find on the waiver wire, assists and steals. I mean, I would love to see Ricky Rubio's uh, roster percentage compared to TJ McConnell because Ricky Rubio has that name brand thing, but he's the pretty much the exact same guy. He's just going to help you in two categories. And Rubio has been very bad everywhere else. And even very, very bad. His, his dimes and steals are low, but people keep clinging to him, myself included in a league, just because of what he's done in the past. Whereas here, here you have a guy, TJ McConnell, very unassuming, as you said, you know, no double digit point uh, scoring games all season, but he's getting it done. So absolutely, I would I would grab him play him, get those assists, steals. He's getting some rebounds, knowing that it's going to come to an end when Carl Silvert and TJ Warren get back into the rotation. That's true. I, you know, I've been think, I was thinking about that recently as I, as I added McConnell in a couple deep leagues. I was like, what is going to bring this fun to an end? And you're right. It, it probably is the return of Levert drops him to like an 18-minute-per-game guy, and then the value is, is gone. Yeah. Who We don't even know that Levert will return this season, but he after his surgery to remove kidney cancer, he does not require any follow-up procedures, thankfully. So hopefully we'll we'll see him on yeah, the court seems, this year. It seems like he's going to make it back. But in any case, yeah, the other thing I was going to say is Ricky Rubio, 45% roster to McConnell, 25. Rubio makes me think I need to start, oh, 18% for McConnell. I'm, I'm misrepresented. 45 to 18. Yeah. The Rubio experience, because I drafted him in multiple leagues, as I mentioned, <laughs> and I've now dropped him in all of those leagues, but it was like a trap pick. There was a trap in the middle of my drafts, and it was Ricky Rubio, right? A proven guy, totally serviceable last year, you know, could get you the steals and dimes, but, you know, without a preseat, without, you know, extended preseason and training camp, didn't like examine his role under a microscope and think about the fact that they're not really planning to use him that much. And right. I guess what I'm thinking is, my takeaway is, identify those trap picks before your draft you know what players are potential traps they're they're beyond 30 that's one warning sign you know new team are you sure of the role all of that stuff because i think when we prepare for our drafts sometimes we're scrambling a little bit and you just you move names around fast you type a name in rubio ends up somewhere in your rankings and you you really don't go through the fine tooth comb and think mm -hmm. all right what really is ricky rubio's role this season and then you get to your draft and you know You've had a couple of cold sodas, and all of a sudden you're like, hey, Rubio, that's fine. There's no one else available. I'll just take him. It'll be fine. And then, yes, 
I'll add a part two to that because that's absolutely true. And then what happens to me sometimes, you know, even though I'll have compiled my rankings and gone over them multiple times, is that, uh, you know, just through circumstance or who's available in a given round, I'll find myself in need of a point guard in round six, say. Like I look at my team and think, oh, no, well, Darren Fox can't do it by himself. I, I need another dimes and steals guy. Rubio's out there and he looks better, you know, so and then you just you fall into that trap, as you said. So it's it's about right thinking ahead of time about what this guy's role is. And then also in the draft, being very conscious of statistical gaps in your lineup and filling them early so you don't end up drafting Hassan Whiteside or uh, Ricky Rubio. Yeah. And I mean, I guess that is the thing, because I do draft. I do tend to draft for stats and I will look at the live projections in like the Yahoo tool that, you know, tells you the projected standings as the draft goes on. It's it's a guide, but you know, like, oh, I'm, I'm actually way off the pace in blocks or I'm projected to be. So let me get some blocks here. But I also think that can be a trap because then you end up thinking you need a big when you should just be taking best player available. And if it's an active league, you can sort it out later with trades. Right. Yeah. I mean, instead of reaching for uh, whatever I mentioned, Hassan Whiteside, and you think, well, maybe he reproduces his magic from last year, or even half of it would be fine. Whereas you could have drafted best available, let's call him Norman Powell, I don't know, and then six rounds later gotten Robert Williams. I mean, just to only limit it to guys we're talking about. So yeah, that's, that's a great point, too. You had mentioned before we get out of here a couple other potential specialists. Yeah, there's a very TJ McConnell-esque. Uh, Tyus Jones is getting it done. I think he's coming off a career-high 14 assist performance, mm-hmm. uh, getting minutes in the 30s for a while. Obviously, that was without without John Morant. So I'm not super sold on him now that Morant is back. But just another example of a guy who, if you picked him up, that was a, a solid river right there, right? John Morant goes down, you know, plug, sure. plug Tyus into your lineup. And sure enough, he paid off nicely. Uh, and same, I guess, with Wayne Ellington. That was more of just a role thing. But he was on fire for a while. I, I picked him up and it was glorious. He averaged five triples per game on over 60% shooting over an eight-game stretch. So that's 43 pointers he contributed to your team in eight games. Didn't do much else, but that was enough to propel him to top 50 value. Past two games have been an absolute disaster, so you just cut them and move on. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And like the three-point specialist in this day and age of the NBA needs to be someone like that, who's legitimately hitting like five per game during that stretch or three per game, because, you know, picking up a guy who's like going to get you 12 points and two threes per game is not going to do much. But if it's a guy like Ellington, yeah, you see that he's may have a few more games where he's, dude, he went... Seven five, oh no, those are his field goals. Okay, his threes went seven four six four six four six, <laughs> right? Did I have that right? Yeah, and then zero zero. He's zero for seven his last two games. Yeah, <laughs> and that it's a great point that three pointers are so readily available. There's no real scarcity to speak of. You can find a handful of three pointers with everybody. I mean, most centers these days are hitting them. Uh, whereas blocks, a very scarce category. So it is really like the Wayne, you know, Wayne Ellington, Duncan Robinson would be another excellent right. example of a guy who hits like four per game and therefore can legitimately be called a three point specialist. All right. Well, that is going to about do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe to the Sean Apple podcast on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a moment to rate and review us as well. We're going to be back on Monday with some waiver wire pickups. 
Wednesday with a check-in with four writers for five minutes each, the old four-by-five episode. And then Friday, Ryan will be back here talking about more stuff. Thanks to all of you for listening. Ryan, thank you for taking the time. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. It was a quiet one. Do you want to retake that? <laughs> I know. Every <laughs> time. <laughs> Thanks, man. It's the second week in a row. <laughs> your voice gave out I get right shy. when you say I get, bye. I get shy right at the end. You make it to the finish line and your voice just legitimately stops. What a phenomenon. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.